right. <laughs> Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maletsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Amen. If you guys want to find us on the internet, we are at trustthejourney.today on all the channels. If you want to join the Trust the Journey family where we expand the conversation with the community, with the fam, please join us there. All you have to do is donate any amount, literally any amount on Patreon. That's what we're asking people to do as some buy-in to be a part of that expanded conversation. Uh, it supports the mission. It supports the show. So we really appreciate that. However, you're called to do that. But yeah, we invite you to enjoy, to join the Trust the Journey family. Go to trustthejourney.today, scroll down, click the Patreon button, and we'll see you in there. Cool. Right on, guys. Thank you so much for being with us. Here we go. All right, team. All right, in this episode, we're talking about opportunity. We're going to talk about our thoughts on the concept, on the, on the idea, on how we wield opportunity, what we seize, what, what we don't, and why. So this should be an interesting discussion. I love, 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 personally love the concept of opportunity. It's a powerful concept. Mm-hmm. I feel Indeed. like it's the it's it's like it's right there at the root of all action, right? Of all choice, all decision, everything is in this like the primary concept. The right right at the very core is opportunity. Absolutely. So tell me more. What do you mean? Well, it's like every single moment, right? Every moment that exists is an opportunity to make some kind of a choice yes some kind of a uh, an awareness some kind of an action some kind of a uh, perspective to take some kind of perspective so when i think about the concept of opportunity what comes to mind for me is that it's this it's it's a mindfulness thing that it has to do with how we perceive who we are where we are what we're doing everything that's happening around us. Yeah, for me, I have lived with the lens. And when I when I say lens, I mean mindset. I mean, ideology, I mean, a, a, a belief that I hold as true. And I live my life through. I have lived for a long time with and looking through the lens that everything is opportunity, everything every single fucking thing <laughs> and i say that because how much of life and challenge and pain and struggle and all of the stuff that we really really don't want to experience in this life it's it's that is where that mindset is most powerfully used and wielded for me so when i'm in a experience of pain or struggle or even just resistance, just, ah, oh, just don't want something to be happening, whatever. The lens of everything is an opportunity helps me widen my view. Because in my experience, those struggles turn into the best things that ever happened to me in the sense that I learn and grow into my own strength. I deepen relationships because only in our struggles and our sharing in our struggles can we connect at those deep levels. And those, you know, those things are just so wildly valuable. But if we arrest the experience by resisting something or going, oh, I don't want to be feeling this or or not honoring emotional pain or whatever, we we also arrest all of those potential benefits that come on the other side of working through something. So that just stands out for me as just straight up the really obvious, most powerful frame that I have on opportunity because I've experienced it personally and I just, it, it works for me, really works for me to go, oh, this is an opportunity. What is my opportunity here? 
It's if, if you're always turning it to the value, what right? Like you're always looking at whatever your circumstance is and trying to find the value in it. It's the same kind of way of phrasing that, of looking at it as an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. What's the positive value? That's another way I say that, actually. It's, I love that you brought that up, that every single thing is for us. I, that's another thing I say a lot. Everything is for us. Everything has positive value, which implies our task, quote unquote, to to seek that. You know what I mean? And so for me, it's been a practice. You know, people ask, oh, gosh, they, they ask me, how are you, you know, they don't get the positivity thing. I'm like, well, it's hard earned because I've trained my brain both in my own life, but also in the lives and the work that I do with clients and stuff like that to really do the work to look for what could be the potential positive value here? What could be my opportunity? Let's lean into that. That's the mindfulness side of it, right? Is having that self-awareness to not go, oh, Melanie with a freaking opportunity. Everything. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. And I just want to go blah, 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 and be all like total, you know, you can just retract into an emotional state of like, oh, fuck that. I don't feel like this shit, bullshit opportunity, you know, I feel like <laughs> crap right now, you know? Yeah. And we can wallow in our in our thought or we can have the mindfulness to, to, and I'll be, you know, I'm going to share this morning, I was laying in bed and doing meditation and I just wake up and hit play on a meditation app and start off by just getting into a state of mindfulness. And, and it really did hit me in that, in that 10 minute meditation that I've been hard on myself lately. Like I'm creating that. So that like, ma 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 Melanie, mm -hmm. that's me creating that, you know, like nobody's there poking me with a stick to be like, hey, you better not like that. You know, it's me who's choosing to not like that. And we all have that, you know, that those moments where we like, we default to whatever kind of, you know, less than opportunistic, you know, realization of a moment uh, of our lives. So it's funny to see how that the whole game go, the whole thing happens inside of our own head, right? Like <laughs> right. even if I'm here talking right now, Mel's listening, each of us and any of our listeners who's, who's taking part right now, who's participating, our own story is happening with our inside of our own head. Nobody else is involved in it. Even if we, we, you know, hypothesize that other people or circumstances or life things are like part of our story the whole concept is just really rooted in our own perspective of it yeah absolutely that, so the, so that opportunity it's like the key right it's the key and you can like turn it from one way or you can turn it the other you can have control of the situation by just reaching over and go well i choose to turn this into opportunity or i choose to turn it into the lack of you know, and that's only on us. It's never, ever on anybody else. It's never, ever on somebody we'd like to blame or some circumstance that we'd like to put up to blame. It's absolutely so frustratingly always on us. It's so <laughs> annoying, right? It it's is so, so frustrating. It is. It really can be. And I love that you brought up that, that, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to look at it as an opportunity. This sucks. This is just, I'd like it to be over or whatever. Or like it to suck. Or, you know, whatever. Or, yeah, like, uh, I I call to us to look at that because, gosh, as a recovering perfectionist, right, there's a part of me that, it, and you mentioned beating up on yourself or, or being hard on yourself. That part of me, that perfectionist side of, of me, and I've witnessed this in clients, too, who are working to sort of dismantle perfectionist ways of thinking and ways of being and ways of treating themselves. I can definitely s express from my own personal experience about this. So anyway, the perfectionist side is basically like, cool, once I understand that everything is an opportunity and I have access to that as a mindset and I can shift my thinking and I can shift my emotional state as a result, theoretically, my perfectionist, the, the perfectionist part of my, uh, um, the pattern that I'm undoing in myself says, 
As soon as you know that, you have to do it every single time, which is not of reality, course. which is of totally course, not honoring <laughs> you as a human. So that's why it's that total play and balance of honoring how we feel, honoring where we're at, the resistance we might feel to something, and either in that moment choosing to do the work of stepping into the mindset of this is an opportunity and doing that work to shift our emotional state with that mindset. And then there's other, the other side of the work, quote unquote, is to honor our human selves and to honor our feelings. Maybe we have to vent and say F this or whatever. And that's actually what would most serve us in that moment choosing it with consciousness and awareness to express right so it's all right (laughs) yeah so anyway go ahead no no i was just enjoying your your smile of knowing in that you know in that share if you're like you know sometimes you just need to blow your top in order for you (laughs) to be able to be objective enough of your own circumstance to then realize oh man this is totally an opportunity to realize i was being a butthead you know, yeah. like you have to like allow the the give and take on either side in order for that perspective to be gained. If we don't, if we don't, you know, give it the space either way, it gets, you know, it, it's either like, you know, there's one side of the spectrum is somebody who's just never has any mindfulness and it's just completely so, so hard to be around because they just never have been, they just blah, blah outward all the time and then there's the other side of it is that little miss like you know tight butt kind of person who's just always like well you can always look at this as an opportunity like yeah it can be on either side of this and then but neither one of these versions of self or are not are good versions right there's like too uptight or or no awareness of self is the same thing it's just a, a, a polarity of each other. And what we really want to work towards is this idea of just being okay with everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and uh, once again, comes back to the title of the podcast, <laughs> comes back to the title of the show. A lot of trust, I think, comes into that that part, you know, that and this is really just the section of talking about emotional pain as an opportunity and any kind of pain that we're in as an opportunity or any kind of struggle and challenge. There's a whole nother section of my list that I've written down that's that expands beyond the emotional pain part of it. Um, but yeah, when we're talking about the painful struggles, it's interesting, right? That seems to be part of the trick in my experience is how can I be cool with this, right? How can I not resist this? And first, how can I not resist this, <laughs> you know, and want this not, this reality that I'm experiencing not to be reality, right? What we resist persists theoretically, Right. So that whole that first thing of, okay, my automatic instinct or my automatic pattern is to resist when I feel struggle, when I feel pain, when I feel whatever. I judge something as something that shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be this way. This there's some injustice going on. Right. And then there's this other thing of, oh, I should be able to handle this. I should be doing X, Y, Z, ABC, all that judgment, whether it's self-judgment, whether it's situational judgment. So it's a matter of going, okay, cool. I'm recognizing that stuff coming up, which in me incites resistance. So for me, it's like, it's an acceptance of reality at first. It's going, this is what's occurring. This is what's occurring. And I'm like a bit of letting, letting go of control at the same time as taking responsibility. Yeah. There's like, uh, what? that's what I heard you say is that there's all these examples of like, oh, I'm going to control, control, control. But we know control is, is, an, is an illusion, right? Yes. Like we just, the more we try and control things, the more that they just close in on themselves and, and that the whole concept just collapses. So acceptance but also owning or owning so there's that fine line right of like 
okay, well, if you just let them, oh, I'm not in control. I don't have any responsibility for this. Then you have this kind of egotistical position of not having any responsibility for ourselves, for our thoughts, for our actions. And that's, that's also incorrect. But in the line of looking at it where we have to, you know, make everything perfect all the time, that's also incorrect. So there's this fine line where we need to stay just off one side of it where we're not trying to always over control everything, but we have to say just the other side of it where I go, no, this is also my life and I have to be the one who takes responsibility for my actions, for my thoughts and allows my feelings to occur, but doesn't necessarily allow those to be the driving actions for how I choose, you know, to, to take the wheel per se in life, right? Yeah. It's the distinction that I make is relinquishing control of external outcomes and feeling empowered in responsibility that I get to choose. So that's where I, I turn opportunity to work for me when I'm in challenge too, is that so surrendering that to the external outcomes, the judgments of others, the whatever, whatever might happen external to me that I cannot control, relinquishing the control of those things that I know I cannot control, and then empowering myself to feel, I mean, this sounds weird, but to genuinely feel excited that I can control this part. I can control and be empowered into my decision-making and my action-taking, my words what I choose to do with my time and my energy and my resources, stuff like that. That's where I, instead of feeling, oh God, I'm responsible, so I have to be choosing a positive mindset and I have to be doing this, it's more the like, I get to. That, that simple reframe of this is totally an opportunity for me. And thank goodness that I have that because I can feel some sense of positive power in myself when I'm empowered into my responsibility, right? That I don't have to. I can. I'm allowed. I get to relinquish control on those external outcomes. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. It's a really powerful position, actually. To That's kind of the nature of mindfulness is to recognize, you know, the things you do have control over and the things you don't have control over and not that, that what's that old, that old saying, you know, that says not to worry about the things that you can't change and, and to change the things that, that you can. And, yeah. uh, you know, you see it on me like it's an old bathroom motivational, <laughs> yeah. you know, little uh, picture hanging. It's been around for a long time. Um, that's a great quote. You know, it really is on point for that this whole discussion. I really think mindfulness is the, is the key to that. Like as I was listening to your share there, what I really heard was there's things that I'm not going to have any control over and that's okay. And there's the things that I do have control over and they are and aren't going to go the way that I do wish them to go. And that's okay. And sometimes I'm going to feel great about it. And sometimes I'm going to feel really challenged by it. And that's also okay. And the whole point of it, what makes it okay is being objective to it, being a part of the experience, but also being able to just separate ourselves from the journey for a moment and just be good, be glad for it. Just recognizing that the, taking that opportunity to feel grateful. So if I take that back to my core um, values of love and gratitude, then it's always finding the, the gratitude in it, right? And if I can find the gratitude of why is this something, why is there something to be grateful here? Or what can I find to be grateful for here? Then the opportunity is realized. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Oh man. Sometimes it's so hard in the moment though, right? Mm -hmm. Like we get I think the thing that makes it difficult, two things for me anyways, that I feel like in my own experience that gets me pulled away from being present to the moment and more kind of either in the future or in the past for myself is either being currently caught up in my own feelings and having an emotional experience going on that is overriding my ability to currently be objective to the circumstance or situation that I find myself in. Mm -hmm. So the emotional 
state is probably the, the first one. And then the second one is like worry or anxiety or some uh, experiential history, like some remembered or future casted memory of mm -hmm. something that's happened before. So, you know, maybe we have had some experience that caused some outcome and now we have some, you know, memory of that that's negative per se mm -hmm. or positive. Positive can be just as bad, you know, where we, you know, we, we like, oh, well, if I do this, this is going to give me a positive outcome. <laughs> and if we start, you know, creating those realities for our, ourselves, we're not actually being present, objective, and taking that opportunity to just be there for what's currently happening. And we often lead ourselves down a road where we're not, we're not actually there where, you know, we've, we're in another time is really what it's about. We're either ahead of ourselves or behind ourselves rather than, you know, present to the current situation. I'll, I'll go ahead and throw an example. Yeah. How many times have we, have you found yourself? I know I have. I mean, how many times have I found myself <coughs> performing in some, you know, scenario, whether I'm working in a team or I'm acting in a, uh, you know, working environment or whatever, and something's worked well in the past, so now I just expect it to work well again. But th something's changed, you know, whether it be me, who changes all the time, or you, who changes all the time, or our world, which changes all the time. Something's changed. And now that perceived, reliable, you know, trustworthy thing that we don't have to think about anymore suddenly isn't, can't be depended on to do what it's done in the past. And that's a very normal thing to happen, right? Totally. It's like, you can't put money in a stock, expect it to go up forever. You know, it's going to change at some point in time. So that opportunity to actually like, oh yeah, instead of closing ourselves off to that being something that is change, that does actually have, you know, the potential to go in any direction at any time. Um, if, we're, if we're not there in that space, you know, we lose that opportunity. Uh, I love I love that you brought up the change, changing, changing nature of our world, the changing nature of ourselves, because that's something that I put on my list in the sense that theoretically, and this is also a really potentially narcotic thought in the sense that it's a meme I posted a long time ago and went crazy viral and then I did a video on it and we talked about this. But anyway, it's this idea that we can at any moment decide to do something different and it could change our lives. As in, we have theoretically the opportunity at every moment to begin creating something new, right? So we have been sort of going forward on our lives. We do certain things. This idea of you know, like check check yourself before you wreck yourself on your autopilots. So it's sort of like what you were talking about in terms of we do things, we assume, we we lean, we rest into an assumption that what we've done before is going to always work or what we've done before is always going to make us happy. I see this a lot too. That's a lot of reason why people come to me as a life coach is that they've come up to a, a, an experience in their life or career or self where they are like confused because what they've done before isn't making them happy anymore. <laughs> Jay's giving me eyebrows. <laughs> oh yeah. I can tell you that after 120 plus swoop competitions, <laughs> at some point I just was like, this just isn't doing it for me anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I, there was a time in my life where, you know, this practice, which was so passionate and so so invested in such a from the heart artistic expression of self like a highest level of like the, i put my whole self into this you know a really beautiful you know some, i'm talking about me in this instant so it's a relationship to you know previous athletic endeavor and canopy piloting but you know it can be anything at all you know and i it's so hard to say this it can be a relationship yeah you know it can be our whole lives. It's true. And a lot of the time it's our whole lives. Like we're like poured my whole life into making poured my whole self into making my whole life and get to a point where I'm just kind of go, I'm just kind of tired of doing this. This isn't really <laughs> what I like to do anymore. And it's time for a, a pivot. 
Yeah. Right. And it's time for a shift of directions. And that, you know, one of my best friends, she likes to say, oh, the midlife opportunity. You know? <laughs> right. You know, and that's re- that's where it comes along as we go, wait, oh, wait a second. What have I been doing all this time? And, and there's that word opportunity, right? It's true. Yeah. It's true because there can be a lot of fear in deciding to a different path. And that's why a lot of people, I think, don't do it or they struggle when they meet that place in their lives. I know I have. You know, it took me, I remember, and this is, I I can't remember if I've shared this on the show or not, but whatever, if I have, it was a long time ago. But when I was first coming up on my own need to shift when it came to, like, coaching, skydiving, doing load organizing and stuff like that, because... Skydiving, I count as one of my great loves, flight, the freedom that we feel. We've talked about skydiving a bit. So that love is very pure and core to my engagement in the sport and the just simple activity of skydiving in the community. So with that, uh, inside of my own trajectory, I had the experience of, uh, of confusion, of true confusion, of true escalating fear and sadness because of that confusion, because of that lack of certainty, because of that sort of lowering passion and around doing that thing. And I'm talking about specifically like traveling to load organize and having this calling in me to want to do more in the realm of life coaching and what I do now. And I remember feeling super scared to even tell anybody that I was having any doubts about my involvement in the sport of skydiving. I had so much fear around it because I'm like, oh, fuck, what if I tell people and then I, you know, lose, quote unquote, this is my brain back then was so afraid of what if I lose all this I've that I've worked for all these years like what would ha- what happens if I don't do this and what sh- and just all of those questions that come at us when we're at a crossroads so anyway what I started to do is I started to inch into sharing my struggle which was not easy I will say but I remember very specifically an instance at Skydive San Marcos where I was I was out there organizing and one of my a couple of my good friends are there and just the cool community there. And I'm we had some weather and we were hanging out. And I just decided consciously to just start to open the door to let people see what I was really feeling and experiencing. And you know what? Everyone was fucking awesome and cool. And now listen, maybe that doesn't sound like that big of a deal. Like, oh, wow, who would care, Mel? Who would care if you had in feelings of wanting to move forward and, and do new things with your life and career and maybe not organize as much? Right. That might not sound like a scary thing, but to me, it felt very scary. And so the benefit, of course, was being supported toward the new directions that I wanted to go, which was scaling back on my load organizing and skydiving and making different choices in my career in the sport of skydiving and making different choices to grow into the other places I wanted to go. That's because you had your identity wrapped up in who you were, right? Like you, what you were, you had your identity wrapped up in what you were doing. Correct. Not who you are. Correct. Right. And that's, that's the tricky thing that we, we do to ourselves, right? Like we start to identify who we are as a person and value who we are as a person based on what we've been doing, not who we are. And that's, a really big opportunity, right? When we start to recognize who we are and realize that what we're doing is not who we are anymore, then we're talking about the real opportunity, which is to lean into who we truly are and do the things with our lives that truly fulfill us, right? Yes. That's the big pivot. That's the big opportunity, the one that comes along. And we go, wait a second, I may have been happy doing this before, 
but I'm not happy doing this now. If I don't pay attention to that, it's going to be a downhill forever. Mm -hmm. It's never going to get better, right? We have to pay attention when those things come along inside of ourselves and we get those little notions to just say this isn't fulfilling to me. And, you know, many of us, we look at our lives as, uh, you know, I, I don't put myself in here. I try not to put myself in here, even though I'm sure in some ways I do. But we look at ourselves as being trapped by circumstance, you know, like, oh, I only have so many opportunities. I have to have a job. I have to have this house. I have to have this lifestyle, all these things. And we trap ourselves up in a box. And, um, you know, that that really kind of backs us into a corner emotionally to be able to have that freedom to make those changes in our life or to feel comfortable that it's okay to completely reskin, you know, our avatar of who we are and, and it's not going to, the world's not going to fall apart. Right. You know, it's not going to end. Mm-hmm. It's all good. You can just do something different, you know? Yeah. Well, and part of that experience certainly illuminated that I still cared a lot what other people thought cared a lot what other people thought and how they and I really feared the reactions of others in the sense that my business and my current lifestyle that I really liked was built on theoretically people thinking a certain thing you know in terms of me being someone to go to for this kind of work or go to for this kind of other work and so there was the there was fear around that and Interestingly, I mean, that's a clear piece of uh, ideological undoing that I've worked on a long time. And so if I think about opportunity and I think about creating and I think about courage to lead, courage to create those types of things, stepping into our intuitive callings, right? So if I think about intuitive callings as well, I I, I tend to really con- like put those intuition and opportunity together in the sense that when we hear an intuition, the the opportunity of that to to take it, to lean into it, to step in those directions, I it's weird because I see that in my own story, I definitely, had courage to step in those directions and i very often did it very incrementally like inched into them which is totally cool there are definitely experiences where i say i did bigger things to to step forward into intuition and stuff like you know being willing to spend the eight grand to go to life coaching school and all that stuff but the reason i bring that up is that now, 10 years later, right, if I talk about that story at San Marcos when I'm like, okay, I'm going to start to really show people where I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, and and get the benefits of that, I've done a lot of work to really, and I'm not by any means, I would say, completely past this and at all, but really were, have worked hard to not care what other people think. And I say that external to my close people who I count as my personal board of directors, as it were. You know, the people closest to me, I definitely care what they think because they're the loving mirror that I trust to help me grow and evolve and challenge myself into higher and better places in my life and being. So when I say I don't want to, I'm working to not care what other people think, I mean it in terms of people who are not close to me, people who don't know me very well and very deeply, that lots of judgment can come to us in that. And so being ready and being willing to accept that judgment, accept that rejection, and then be able to, in so doing, that much more be able to seize those opportunities of stepping into where our intuition is calling us. So that has been a big deal for me. There's no way I would have been able to create and speak and do this podcast and do the fucking videos and whatever, all the things that I do, the funny videos, for example, those are just so ridiculous. Certainly lots of people might think I'm a complete idiot, but I'm willing to do that and risk that judgment because I've done work to kind of 
heal myself of that fear of rejection and and disconnection. Can I ask a question here? I think um, I think what I'm hearing is not so much about not caring what other people think, but not spending our thoughts on thinking about what other people think. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah for sure. And and I say really the, I don't care, like the not caring what other people think, only because that's a really classic way to say it. You know what I mean? It's a it's a classic thing that people hear and people talk about and work work on. I, my highest, most spiritual self believes all of those judgments are for me and it's, you know, we're all connected and we are, we are one and I love them, you know? So it's not like my highest self is in love there, you know what I mean? So I'm more talking about this boots on the ground when we're really trying to step into opportunity to create and to rise in the ways that we're called, those sort of less spiritual levels of oh fearing judgment that's kind of one way that i've found to inch inch through that as well opportunity is a funny thing right it's um it's this sometimes it presents itself in the most abstract or obscure kind of ways you know sometimes it slaps us upside the face right where you're just like no you have no choice but to pay attention like here's your opportunity right. <laughs> if you're not listening you're missing it you know it's <laughs> and those are the easy ones that's what we've been mostly talking about so far is kind of the like really really present stuff but i feel like it's worthy of talking about the really the kind of quiet ones the ones that just lay there like just be here if you notice you know and I think those quiet opportunities are they're really some of the beautiful subtleties in life, you know, and I don't have any like particular uh, example that I want to try and frame up or anything, but I think we can all identify that they're with that idea that the, there are those quiet opportunities that just are always laying in wait. It's that ability, you know, here, I do have some examples. It's that choosing to say something nice or to give a compliment for no reason at all to somebody that you've never met and you'll never see again you know those kinds of moments where you're like you know i could turn and say something nice to that person right now i think those are those are the that's the like the underlying wave of like our whole person and in paying attention to those in starting to pick up those little kind of, you know, uh, gumdrops that are kind of left on the trail type of thing in life. If we, if we pick those up more and more often and we listen to our intuition when it speaks to us and where we hear those opportunities inside of ourselves, you find a, a very joyful path, you yeah. know, it really is joyful. It's, it's quite wonderful to have the, the presence it really is that like the presence to just be part of that journey and to just be on that experience. And it's the, the quiet mindfulness of it, the presence, the peacefulness, the in-between. It's not really going anywhere. It doesn't really have a past. It doesn't really have a future. It just is and was and that's it, you know. I love that. My- I feel like that stuff builds too. For sure. That stuff builds. It's a practice, right? Yeah. Interestingly, one of the things that I've been doing recently, and this is something I've wanted to make a habit for a long time and I never did because it requires effort and energy, is every day, daily, and this is intense, and I'm only doing it because I'm a part of a different accountability group, but every day sending a note, a nurturing note just to somebody, just anybody, somebody that I know, somebody in my network, you know, just to connect. No purpose, no, like, and I say no purpose, I mean, so there is purpose in terms of it's, the purpose is to connect and share positive energy. And that's it, but not like trying to get anything or, you know, none of that, of course, but meaning just, just, 
Yeah. And I've been doing that for the last two months. And it's been so cool to experience that habit that I've been wanting to do and also to see and feel the beautiful energy and connection and and opportunity that arises out of those sim those simple connections and i just love i just love that and it's just something i decided to do and finally found the right support system to help me do it you know cuz i've had thought about it for years i've heard about that idea on many many a podcast you know and so to be able to experience it it's cool so anyway, it's just the opportunity, like you said, of making a decision to do something and do it consistently or haphazardly or whatever, but then to have that experience and see what it brings you, that's pretty cool. I really enjoy doing nice things for people, you know? I feel like that that's, kind of, I would say that's an opportunity for all of us every day, all the time, is like choosing into doing something for for nice for somebody for no reason at all it's the probably the most rewarding thing you can do whether it's as simple as a couple of words or you know it could be a single emoji that you send to somebody just because that would lift their spirits in some way to have that connection or whether it's bigger efforts like this making this podcast yeah. you know which is you know a regular investment on um, on our behalfs to to just create a take an opportunity to put a positive vibe out into the universe and it comes back around every single day yeah every day you know like i know and you know from being in this journey mel together that you know we get messages from our audience on a daily basis we have our family interacting on a daily basis and that circle of positivity it just keeps going and going so i think what i'm trying to really bring our audience to here is that when we choose to take the opportunity to do something towards a positive energy is it almost always comes right back to us as a immediate and equal reaction like Einstein's theory of relativity right, right. in case you do something positive something positive happens to you if you do something negative then something negative happens to you right that's basically how it works so we have to remind ourselves that and, and and then the real joy the real the real cherry on top of that is that it actually feels good mm -hmm. you know it feels good to a point where you're like oh okay if i start making a habit of doing this I'm actually really having fun doing it and it actually feels great doing it and then other people have fun and feel great doing it and it just proliferates and proliferates so take your opportunity today do something nice for somebody yeah send send it their way <laughs> I I love all of this. I want to sort of change gears just a little bit only because I want to cover this before this episode completes is this idea of how do we choose the opportunities that come our way? Like how do we choose? How do you say yes to something that comes your way versus, you know what I mean? How do you recognize when an opportunity comes your way and it's one to seize, as it were? You know what I mean? Is there any, do you have any thoughts on that? It's a, this is a challenging thing because there's opportunities constantly, right? If you, if you get in the habit of viewing things as opportunities, you know, for me, I'm a dreamer, right? Like I'm a vision-based person. I can think of things 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road from now without, you know, in two seconds, I can visualize, you know, something two decades away. Uh, but there, there's a long road between now and then. So it, it takes a lot of practice to recognize the difference between, you know, um, choosing something that's going to be the road that's worth um, investing in because you can't go on, you can't take every opportunity, right? Like if you, that's the thing is like, you have to select the ones that are, of really the best choice so you could think of it kind of like picking stocks you know you're like you only have so much money to invest and you got to choose which ones that you want to put your time your money into and that could be your time usually it's time is what we're talking about right the big picture yeah um so that selectiveness i think a lot of it's a bit of a it's a practice 
that comes through experience of having tried things and then seeing how their outcomes turn out and getting more and more refined at making choices, doing research, really thinking through like the feeling side of things and like resting in it, sitting in it for a little while, letting it kind of just lay there and see how it feels. Mm -hmm. Kind of have to move around all the different ways because if you just go with like the initial, ooh, exciting idea, you know, squirrel, you know, then <laughs> right. that that can sure lead to like just jumping on everything, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not a very powerful decision-making process. That, that process needs to have a balance that includes all the elements of like, okay, the times you've tried things before, how well did it work? How can we relate this opportunity to opportunities you've had in the past? Yeah. Or, um, what's the actual investment? Like, like valuing what is the opportunity? What's it going to require of me? for this in order for it to be something that's going to show returns that I'm going to feel good about. Yes. Um, what do the returns need to be? Like, you know, like that's a huge question is like, how do I come to understand what really makes me feel like my uh, taking of this opportunity e equals back, you know, uh, a fair reward for, for my investment? Because <clears throat> it's always about time. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> about time and energy and the more time and energy we put into something whatever form that looks like the more we're going to feel like we want to see a certain result because of it so if it's just a nickel in then you're like yeah it was a nickel you know whether it was an in a minute of uh, you know two seconds of my time to send an emoji to somebody or to put a stamp on an envelope to send somebody a card or if I actually go and pick out, I'm just going to scale up a little bit. Like if I pick out a gift and then send that to, do I need a return for that effort that I've put in to put something out into the world? And then if I go to another level, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to build an institution that's, you know, that's based around, you know, doing something good for, to make in my life and for the lives of others. What's the return that, you know, that I need to see out of that for it to feel like it was a valuable realization of my investment of energy and time? doing that work of thinking through what we really need to get back out of it in order for it to be something that we feel good about afterwards. I feel like that's probably the most important part. And a, a prime example would be a relationship. Okay. So imagine I meet somebody and I'm like, Oh, here's a great opportunity. This person fits, checks all these boxes for me. You know, they, they're a wonderful person that, you know, would, would offer great, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever. And I go, well, wait a second. Before I get all excited about the fact that this is a great, you know, opportunity, what do I need back out of this for this to feel like it's going to be worth putting my time into? And then it's the same thing on their side. You know, you have to take the time to work through that on both sides so that it's not just a one-sided equation. So I think that objectiveness is really what it comes down to is being able to get outside of ourselves enough to like look at it from all perspectives and realize where we truly get our value and where what what the feels good in the end it's all about what feels good yeah you know? it's fascinating the i i know there's some memes floating around out there and i've seen these bunch this idea of just do it like just doing it which i can so get behind in one respect and in the other respect because like the agonizing over the decision the massive filtering process and all of that can be such a stumbling block for some people that they have trouble with that and so as a result they end up in a reckless decision making mode where they're like, oh, just f fuck it, just do it. Oh, that's such a bad. Which is not uh, I, ideal, right? Sometimes it works out. A lot of times it doesn't because that, it's not mindful. It's not conscious. So I wouldn't. I, mean, I wouldn't I'm, personally recommend that at all. Um, I gotta interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead, please. Whenever the word, the two words come up, fuck it. It's a bad decision. It's not ideal. It's a bad decision. I know it's a bad decision. I can't tell you how many times that I've been standing on the edge of a cliff and my mind's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I go, oh, fuck it. <sighs> That's impulsiveness. Yes. Agreed. And impulsiveness is not 
it's not good decision making. I agree. It's not taking an opportunity. It's forcing an ego into a situation. It's a completely different type of scenario than uh, than realizing an opportunity. Absolutely. Saying, oh, fuck it, is just careless to the wind of all the things that really need to be thought about. So I have to be, I have to interrupt there because yeah. I have had broken limbs so many times and busted and bruised and broke and gone, dang it, dang it. This is what happens when I say, fuck it, right? There's yep. a huge difference between going, okay, I do or I don't want to. Either way, fine. I do want to, I'm going to do it. I don't want to, I'm not going to do it. But take a breath, calm down, like relax, get centered. And this doesn't have to be, you know, life or death base jumping. It can be the same thing with acting into a relationship. It can be a financial decision. It can be talking to your boss in a way that maybe you shouldn't, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like there's lots of real world scenarios where that, that comes into play for all of us, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, feel like fuck it tends to be when people are uh, emotionally charged and they are uncomfortable with an uncertainty. So there's a practice of patience when it comes to making decisions, I think, around opportunities, which, which ones to seize and which ones not to. And who do we go to if it's a big decision to get some support and clarity around that? You know, I can think about I think about the new skydiving team that I'm leading with Amy and the rest of the team and all of those amazing people and leaning into that opportunity. I I really was like, oh, is this is this I, I'm like, is this too good to be true, basically, because it seemed really, really a good, amazing, beautiful fit for me. And so the decision was pretty quick without much thought. The intuition spoke pretty quickly pretty quick. And the quickness made me go, wait, let me just scale back. Let me just make sure I'm really thinking this through. What what would I want this to look like such that I could be in full integrity and leading it and being a part of it and being a teammate myself? You know, all of those things. And so, yeah, it took time with that process. And I had people support me and support me around thinking it through and and just taking the time to do exactly what you were talking about both so it can be to either choose out of a scenario or it can be to choose into a scenario but taking that time i think sometimes really helps to set us up for success when we are stepping into what we would call or deem or what we perceive as an opportunity I have to say that um, we don't always have to have a lot of thought into something for us to recognize that a right now opportunity is a good one. You know, it's a lot of us, it's in our nature to double or triple or quadruple think things mm-hmm. when oftentimes your instinct is right, right from the get go and you do not need 10 times of reviewing the same scenario over and over again to make sure that it's going to be correct, you know that now flow yes moment happens and yes do it yeah you know when it's a yes moment it's it's obvious right yeah there's a big difference between a yes moment and a fuck it moment correct right yes (laughs) yes Yes. you know the yes moments right when somebody calls you up and says hey do you want to do this like yes you know (laughs) yes for sure that's a completely different type of acting on opportunity right it's a very very different context and i think it's important for us to pay heed because we've all had them all right like everybody's been on every side of this coin you know over and over again and we can think through our own set of experiences and go yep (laughs) i know exactly when it was a good decision i know exactly when it was a bad decision yeah and the last thing i mean because i know we're getting short on time but i would also be remiss if i didn't say and share the opportunity also in persisting. So like this, and I call out this hatch experience that I just had and how 
when I first met and connected with that group, it was very intuitively clear to me I wanted to be sort of connected to what they were doing and be, and I felt aligned with their bigger missions in the world and stuff like that. And to have to go through and really persist through my own growth and development as a person and as, and as a professional to ultimately rise into being more involved with that group, that was a longer term thing where I chose into actions and I chose into persisting down that road because my intuition said to keep going there, right? So that was an immediate yes that was followed by multiple years to continue down to where that intuition pointed me to at the start. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, any summary, summarizing thoughts about opportunity? Things oh, that gosh. really like to send out to our audience today? I just cannot say enough how much this frame has supported my life. Right. It's just <clears throat> even the things that I have said yes to that I thought would turn out really great and they blew up in my face. Those were such great, amazing opportunities to learn that I feel like there really and truly are no mistakes. You know, that frame of I just I really this this idea of choosing the quote wrong thing. I just don't feel like I, I just don't believe that. I feel like the things that we choose and the experiences that we have are exactly for us. Those They're exactly those opportunities the universe is providing us that we're choosing into based on where we are in our growth and development. And they're, they're every single experience is that opportunity to grow and evolve. And so it just helps me have a happier life. It helps me feel less fear. It helps me take action when I otherwise would be stuck. And now there's lots of other things that help me do that. But this this mindset of everything is an opportunity and asking myself, what is the opportunity here that has served me? I couldn't even quantify how much it served me. I think I'll throw one in there is that <clears throat> when we are one walking through our lives, moving through our lives, opportunities are going to jump up in front of us all the time and it's up to us to choose whether or not we take them or how we choose to frame them right i think how we frame them is probably the more important piece because you can look at every single thing from the you know the negative point of view or the positive point of view so i think my my key share for this episode would be having the mindfulness to be able to be objective enough to view an opportunity and to look at it for its true value and to recognize it, how we can take it for positive, how it can be fun. I think that's the big one. It's like, oh, this is something that can be fun. Is this something that could feel good? Is this something that can be a, a positive experience for me as a whole? And always choosing to lean into it that way. That's the positivity mindset, right? Like that's that opportunity for us to make a choice is how we choose to view it that's what it comes down to i think the opportunity we have in everything in every moment is to the choice to look at it from this is something great or this is something bad yeah. and we just choose to look at it as something good all the time as irritating as that might be to people <laughs> who haven't figured out how to do that <laughs> or when we forget how to do that correct right? When we forget, it's really it's just as irritating because you know it's just a choice we just make. We go, oh yeah, this is a great opportunity for me to realize how grumpy I'm being. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, guys, seriously, we invite your feedback. We invite your thoughts. We really do want to continue this conversation with you. I mean, obviously, we say that every week, but we really mean it. So. You know, just and the gratitude, whether you want to engage us directly or not, is all good. Just thank you so much for being here and, you know, being a part of the Trust the Journey family and on this journey we're all sharing and all of it. I'm grateful. 
if you would like to join us and become a member of the Trust the Journey family, you can go to our website, which is trustthejourney.today. And if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll find a red button that says Patreon, don't donate now. And if you click on that, or if you go to patreon.com and you can find Trust the Journey today, become a Patreon, make any donation of any amount, and that will get you into our Trust the Journey family. And that family is a safe space for everybody who's there to take that, that opportunity to positively cheer each other along. And so if you're looking for uh, an example of how to lean into exactly what we're talking about today, the family is exactly that. It's a group of people that are choosing to be vulnerable, to share, to create connections, to be part of a community, and to put themselves out there when they feel like it. And then to give people a pat on the back, cheer them along, or just quietly observe from the sidelines whenever they feel like it. So I invite anybody who's listening to come and join us. The bigger the family, the better. Yeah. And we love you all. Thank yeah, you. we love you. And share share these episodes too, guys. If that's more your style, feel free to share an episode with someone you think this would help. And remember, keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey.